Hello and welcome to the June 8th, 2007 edition of the Big Monkey Podcast. Recorded on-site at Big Monkey Comics at 1722B, 14th Street, in Washington, D.C. Here in an orbiting satellite that only moves slideways, five guys meet to ponder those questions that have plagued us for years, like, how much matter would a matter-eating lad eat if a matter-eating matter lad could? This is the Big Monkey Podcast. Those Wednesdays blog. I'll be the MC for the next hour of comic discussion and debate. Joining me are four guys who know way more about comics than I do. Let's start with some introductions. To my left. Hello, my name's Devon Sanders, and I do that Seven Hills thing. I'm John Carey, and I write face down in the gutters. Laugh away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Scipio Garling of the Absorbiscon. I'm John Brooks of John Hex Lives, and I too write face down the gutter. <laughs> Thanks, guys. For our first topic, we're going to talk about DC's countdown. As of today, we've had five weeks of Monitors, Rogues, and Jimmy Olsen, five weeks of a fully revealed multiverse. Receiving an equal amount of compliments and complaints, everyone is talking about this year long spine of the DC universe. So, John uh, Brooks, why don't we go ahead and start with you? Uh, we actually had five weeks of the multiverse because it seemed to only been in one. I mean, it's been like five weeks of sort of could be interesting and stuff we already seen before. Like, we already knew Murray Marvel was depowered. We already knew the monitors wanted to kill Kyle Rayner like everyone else does. Uh, we already knew Jason Todd was a bastard. I mean, we knew this stuff. I mean, at least so... The only thing I like about it is Jimmy Olsen, but... Who can hate Jimmy Olsen? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> raising your hands to two <laughs> I forgot. Carrie, you hate personally. I Jimmy Olsen. I don't hate Jimmy Pink Olsen. Pink Olsen. <laughs> better dead than red. I, yeah. I like the series better than I do 52. 52 was crazy, and there was more stuff going on, but you really didn't have confidence that it was going to go somewhere. It kind of stumbled somewhere, and the story was fine, but that was largely accidental. This may seem slow, but I can, I'm confident that it seems to be headed somewhere. Um, but you're right, it really does feel like the, mo the, the story is Jimmy Olsen and the Monitor. I'm not really interested in the, in the other parts very much. It kind of feels like an Easter egg hunt for old people. I don't know. It's, it's showing a lot of stuff that happened... 26 years before I was, like, freaking born, you know? When was the last time Jimmy Olsen had powers? Who are you catering to here, you know? Uh, my, 1988. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he was he was elastic lad, and it hurt him a lot. I do remember that, weirdly enough. I was, <laughs> I was five at the time. <laughs> I mean, when you're referring to Crisis all the time, you've got to keep in mind that if Crisis was a person, it would have graduated college this year, uh, had it not, you know, taken a couple months off somewhere along the line. But I don't know. It's it's boring to me. I haven't I haven't really enjoyed Countdown as much as I did Fifty Two. I don't know why. And I, I feel like actually my main bone of contention now has been that Black Adam lost his powers. That was the entire crux of World War Three. They changed his password, and he went and got it changed back in like a freaking month. Our time. I don't know how much time's gone by since the end of the 52 year in universe. It doesn't seem like it could possibly be more than like three months. 
but it seems awfully quick to be bringing that uh, the the Black Adam card back out into play. I don't know. I haven't enjoyed it. So. I thought it was a nice surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was kind of hoping it would be Teth Adam depowered, just wearing his old costume, freaking out. I thought that would be a little cooler. Killing hobos. Than... Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Teth Adam nuts and, ripping hobos' heads off without and, power. And not bothering to clean them up. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, Ugh, it stings right here, Teth Adam. <laughs> Worst housekeeper ever. <laughs> Devon? Um, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I mean, how can you not like a, a book that basically starts out with, like, Desaad torturing people and Darkseid <laughs> kind of going, that's my boy right there. <laughs> playing and hero playing clicks. hero clicks with, like, you know, the multiverse. And then Jimmy Olsen's, like, you know, going to the, the, the Joker for advice. Oh, and. Jesus. And, and then the next thing you know, he's getting hit by Killer Croc, and then he becomes Elastic Lad, then he gets super speed, and then Mary Marvel goes looking for Black Adam, and then the next thing you know, in this week, you find out what the magic word was, and it was the word that you thought he would never say, Black Adam would never say, I'm sorry. And it's just like, well, there you go. It's already, con <laughs> it's already connected to 52. And it's just so there. I mean, there's, <laughs> I didn't there's all kinds of good stuff going on. So I'm I'm in for it. But then again, I am just like a, a shameless fanboy anyway. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. Ben, I, I mean, I too actually really really enjoy the uh, the the comic, um, and mostly for the same reason you you would do Skip is because there's a clear goal. I mean, something can take its time. We're talking, you know, 52 weeks. We've had five issues. You know, that's what, not even... 52 boring weeks of one comic Dude, it's book? not going to be 52 boring weeks. You know, you got to think like, you know... 48. All right. <laughs> you got to think like, if this was a television show, this would be those like first three minutes before the title song plays. And then after that, we come back in and now the mystery is revealed. You know, as of this week, you have the camp with them going, you have the monitors making the decision to kill everyone. You know, or to kill the three virus characters or whatever. Um, the viral space. I know. The axis virus. <laughs> yeah, and I have to disagree with Johnny, which I love to do Everyone anyway. Does. <laughs> <laughs> Claremont uh, sucks. Disagree uh, with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, about Countdown. I think it's much clearer than 52. Well, of course, mm. but it's still uh, On born. every page, they tell you, this is Jimmy Olsen's story. Even though, okay, there's Jimmy Olsen sleeping in the bed. They're not leaving anything up to chance. And the multi, the multiverse stories in the back with the monitors, you know, who speak only in exposition. I love that. Pluralize worlds with an apostrophe. <laughs> <laughs> they monitor everything but type. <laughs> but I'm finally understanding the multiverse, thanks, thanks to them. And you had to laugh at the scene, I did anyway, where the guy gives a big inspirational speech and the other one says... These people suck. Let's kill them. And everybody goes, yeah, yeah. Are these monitors or anti-monitors? They're, they're monitors. They're, they're so anti-monitors must be like, save everybody's life. <laughs> I mean, there was a hit of an anti-monitor back in Brave New World. Yeah. You know, there were like four of them walking around and then the back of an anti-monitor. And that's what I'm really interested in, is seeing where are the 52 anti-monitors Ben, take off the tinfoil hat. This is another one of your conspiracies. Dude, there has to be... It's like two sides of the coin. You don't have a monitor without an anti-monitor. Plus, we know there's an anti-matter universe anyway. Unless mm. it's been forcibly removed since Earth <laughs> 2, which forcibly it may removed. have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's an anti-monitor man. They even admitted to that this issue. 
that's see i don't know that story i never read that story and that was really interesting to me to read about that in the back because they they go out of their way to mention that the atom is pivotal in result yeah. in do you know how he was pivotal he i went oh, and looked it up I mean. <laughs> he made the specter explode that's how okay i just, i would like to see that because tales unexpected so. <laughs> really but, too late <laughs> I think the, what really got me really hating, not hating like the whole thing, but just some of the storytelling aspects of Countdown was Jason Todd telling Jimmy Olsen that the person to talk to about aliens killing Dula Dent was the Joker. <laughs> and then Jimmy goes to talk to the Joker. Let you know that there is something wrong with the DC Universe. No, something's wrong with Jimmy Olsen's sense. No, no. That Johnny, does that make any sense at no, all? No, Johnny, you're too literal. That's not what. Exactly. That's not what he said. He said Jimmy Olsen was asking, "What's the deal with the Joker's daughter?" No, yes, and Jason basically aliens. said, hey, I don't know, ask her dad. Exactly. And so Jimmy Olsen, being an idiot, goes and does that. He, he acts on a flip comment by Jason Todd. Whom he knows personally, evidently. <laughs> to the point, yeah, knows Perry White yeah, knows exactly. who Jason like, Todd is. Apparently Jason Todd is like the easiest person in the DC Universe to find because you mentioned his name <laughs> and then off panel you found him. <laughs> And then you like kicking him in the nuts in the next yeah, battle. You follow the severed head. I'm yeah. pretty sure Bruce Wayne didn't declare Jason Todd or something. Maybe that, no one knows he lived at the mansion all this time. He was a runaway. He was just hiding them. So everyone doesn't automatically assume Jason Todd is well, connected with Bruce Wayne. Well, Jason's name too. See, and this I can't is, explain that away. I'm trying. I'm giving it, something. To this is what happens when people don't use code names. <laughs> exactly. Like, Thank you, Milton. Holly from Catwoman has you on speed dial. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know who wasn't on speed dial and, that, and it really bothered me? I'm sorry. Ted Grant wasn't on her speed dial. Yeah. That kind and of book. called her in the I mean, she's called him. And they've like, book. you know, he taught her to fight. Like, for yeah. some reason, that really like, got no, no, to me. No, no, no. She could be on the speed dial, but he's not in her fave five. <laughs> Do not see everybody in the damn phone. Oh, my God. Or she throws it down like a little hiss, like she has a little hissy. hissy she throws on her phone with all her personal information <laughs> and secret identity. <laughs> <laughs> well, and everybody should know who she is now too. It's like, gee, you're wearing a Hello Kitty sweatshirt and you're carrying a whip that's hanging out of your bag. I wonder who you are. <laughs> She's very subtle. And then, yeah, dude, you gotta love this. That stereotyp the stereotypical, you know, uh, bus stop pimp. Girl, I could, I could do so much with someone into that. When's the last time you took the bus? <laughs> Dude, not that long ago. Trust me that. It's not a stereotype. Even at my age, I still get offered. Wow. <laughs> Dude, this, this blog just got a lot more serious. Oh, I know. Uh, I can we get back to the comments then? <laughs> so... All right, but how, I want to ask about what you guys think of how 52 is reaching out into other comics, how it's affecting other comics, because there seems to be some slight lag between, you know, Amazon's attack just catching up, Flash has been going on for three months, but catching up, like, what, in, in a couple issues? Is it a problem for people? Is it, are we, like, willing to sit around and let it happen? That, that never really phases me. I'm used to reading things kind of out of sequence and books get late and that's you know if you read comics you should probably be able to handle that um but i just figured out today after reading superman that this whole uh story with arian that busick's been writing that i've been hating uh suddenly makes sense arian is talking about the big disaster he's talking about the great disaster 
which is coming up in a year. Right. The Legion Great Disaster? Yeah. Right. No. Yeah, whatever the right, whatever, whatever the great disaster. Whatever the great disaster is, it's not an unrelated storyline. It's part of it. So, do we think Superman's going to sit the next one out? <laughs> no, yes. I, just just that's a, what Superman does. Just a thumbs up for from Busick for not being totally off the beam. Uh, I could have put the go ahead. No, go ahead, John. They could put the Amazon's attacks tie in kind of first because leaving that as like the end story, it's just anticlimactic. Like wow. It's taking a while to catch up with everyone else. I didn't need that. You can put that in the middle. Meanwhile, in Washington. Yeah. <laughs> the city's been destroyed. The first lady's dead. I mean, the first lady like the doesn't times. have a name. You know? <laughs> the 18th town the Washington Monument got destroyed in D.C. Really reinforced that thing. Uh, people get punched through that for symbolic effect like once a month. It's a good thing like the only superheroes in the area are the Justice League or we'd be totally hosed. At any rate, the <laughs> on point, it's, <laughs> it's bothered me that 52 still hasn't caught up with the main comic, really. Like, the, the main universe. No, 52. We still have, like, where's Starfire? <laughs> the Titans went looking for members that were on the team for, like, a week and a half. And they didn't think, like, where's Starfire? She's in a coma and bleeding out. She's in Buddy Baker's head. Right. She's playing with a dog, yeah, enjoying, yeah. like, a, you know, a PBR or something. Kids are looking at her funny. <laughs> Sitting in a bathrobe and fuzzy slippers, hanging out on the couch, ringing a little bell, pretending to be injured still. Yeah. Like a sitcom. Young, young Cliff is becoming a man. Yeah, there's boobs everywhere. Yeah. The wife is kind of pissed, but what can you do? I, I, there's some stuff from 52 that hasn't caught up by nature of 52 storytelling, and it's it's kind of bothered me that no one's referenced like Animal Man not being dead or. Uh, uh, Meltzer did. Yeah. did. Oh, yeah, he did. Uh, it's a shame we don't have Buddy Baker. That's right. why we have to have Vixen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that reference in, uh, in JLA Zero about, uh, about Booster, where mm. they must know that Booster's alive at this point, but they couldn't reference it at the time. You know? like, I'm not sure they think he's alive, dude. He, he's lost in that he's being Scott Bakula. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's plowing every blonde he can find? <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait, I was thinking of Scott Bio. My bad, yeah. I don't... <laughs> Scott Bakula does make more sense. I'm sorry, <laughs> listening audience. <laughs> Devon, what are how are other people reacting? Um, you know, just from like a retailer standpoint, it just uh, the customers are definitely starting to come in now for this type of thing. Um, I've been telling them it's just like you know they keep going. What is countdown? What is countdown? And it's like, well, it's what fifty two was. Fifty two was fifty two weeks of comic books. Uh, countdown is counting down to nothing. And once you tell them that, then it's sudden, they can suddenly wrap their heads around it. When you tell them, look, it, things are out of whack. Jimmy Olsen is doing things he shouldn't be doing. Uh, suddenly, you know, the new gods are like, you know, falling out of the sky and left, left and right. And Darkseid is playing hero clicks. And it's just like, you want to read this. And there's definitely something to it. It doesn't have sort of like the trajectory of 52 just yet. Um, and I think that the fact that it doesn't have big name writers like, you know, Morrison or Rucka. It's, it's hurting it. It's not necessarily hurting it, but it's not necessarily dragging in new readers. Um, but it is, it's keeping the momentum going that DC had from 52. Hey, great. So we're just going to do final words on, you know, go quickly around the table. One sentence, hopes, what we think is going to happen, what's coming up. We're going to, you know, start with Devon. Um, I hope is that uh, Keith Giffen comes on 
and starts actually doing some layouts because there's been a lot of like problems with the art. Um, I'd like to actually see some consistency to what a monitor looks like, but that's just me nitpicking. If what we've seen from Countdown is in fact the pre-credits on a TV show, I don't know how willing I am to part with 15 bucks to see the part of Law and Order where two people have an unrelated conversation and stumble across a body. The, the <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I think it's all going to come together in a way that 52 never did. 52 left you with lots of unanswered questions, more questions than it answered. Uh, I think Countdown will do the opposite, and as long as I get to see a giant turtle boy, I'll be happy. Uh, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure, yes, that Countdown is counting down to, what, Final Crisis? Yeah. Which is bold in DC. <laughs> <laughs> For DC to call anything Final Crisis. <laughs> and, I, yes, it's going to achieve its point, but at least 52 is entertaining up until week 50 when the extra World War Three kind of bogged it down. With loose ends that it kind of tied up wrong, but everything else about Fifty Two was cool mostly. So I don't know how to judge it yet. I just wanted to see Jimmy become like Peter Petrelli and almost explode. <laughs> almost. <laughs> oh, he did explode. <laughs> Sweet. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Heroes fans out there who haven't gotten into it on their TiVo yet. <laughs> <laughs> All six of them. <laughs> Um, my hopes for uh, Countdown is that, uh, you know, unlike uh, John, that uh, I will be okay with those 15 minutes as long as it keeps doing what they do. As long as it keeps branching out, touching other comics, not bad way or any way, but like, you know, <laughs> like, giving a, a kind of unifying feel to the uh, DC Universe. And I think it's doing a good job about that, and I think it's going to continue doing it. And now for a uh, dramatic reading. Saving worlds, rescuing lives, smashing crime syndicates is no laughing matter. Using his amazing superpowers in behalf of justice is serious business for the Man of Steel. But no one, not even a Superman, can escape occasionally getting involved in a situation that is chock full of belly laughs. It happens when Superman becomes the Super Clown of Metropolis. And that is from Superman 136, probably by Otto Bender. For our second topic, we're going to talk about uh, Marvel's Ultimates line. Originally started in, what, 2000? Um, as a way to get new readers interested in the, in the Marvel characters without all that convoluted backstory that were keeping uh, new readers from joining in. However, now, some seven years later, um, the Ultimates line has been, had a setback of super delays. Um, there have been, like, I mean, just crazy delays. Ultimate delays. <laughs> Ultimate delays. As well as, like... You know, some losses in their mission because, you know, those convoluted storylines have found a way to make it back into the into the comics, but just with a lot less history. Um, so we're going to start with uh, John Kerry. Um, and why don't you give us your view on the... Uh, has the Ultimates lost its way? The Ultimates line? I don't think it's lost its way. I think it's kind of lost its point. Like, I, the, the reason for its existence was, I think, more to cash in on movies. And by the time the third X-Men had come out, there'd been like 70-odd issues of Ultimate X-Men. Beast was dead, and he was in the movie. So, like, there wasn't really much to tie into anymore. You're left with 
a Fantastic Four that's, you know, okay. I think probably a little more readable than Fantastic Four was until very recently when McDuffie took over the title. No, uh, no, nah, nah, not particularly. No, I, I didn't like Babylon Five enough to ride them you know, for the rest <laughs> of my life. So, I, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Ultimate Spider-Man. I think it's just been like a weird. It's like sort of condensed, but also sort of stretched out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Version of Spider-Man history. The whole thing is just kind of like a, like a. It, it's a scenic route continuity on everything but the ultimate the book the ultimate is probably the closest to what the original mission was was that uh they wanted to reinvent the characters for a new audience and the ultimates really were reinvented to the point where people complained that they weren't close enough because evidently what the fans really wanted from the ultimate line was the same crap in different costumes (laughs) which is more or less what they got so they've gotten their 26 issues of the Ultimates. Now it's going to be turned over to Jeff Loeb, and it's probably going to turn into the Ouch. same crap in different costumes. Mm-hmm. So, or probably the same crap in very similar costumes. I mean, <laughs> so I, I think it was a good idea. I think parts of it are well implemented. Uh, Kirkman's run on Ultimate X-Men is one of the more readable runs of X-Men of late. I mean, it, it, he had the good sense to have Mr. Sinister kill himself in a jail cell. So. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Brooks? Hey, Brooks. <clears throat> I'm just... I don't know. Uh, I think it started off... Just, I think it just kind of started off the way the way it was supposed to with Ultimate Spider-Man. And then... I think just along... Well, just with Ultimate Spider-Man, Bendis just kind of bring in old storylines and then instead of playing out over years like they used to, we just get them one after another in six-part arcs. They kind of stretched out this one detail that was in, like, one issue of a book, but now it's drawn out so that the death of Gwen Stacy is seen coming and then takes three issues to actually happen and Carnage is involved and it just, like, <laughs> pollutes it. And then you just don't really care that she died now. And, <laughs> I mean... You know, those first two or three Spider-Man trades were... Yeah, it started off well, and then he just kind of kept going with the same, like, the whole Harry Osborn story arc was a pivotal, I guess, like, Spider-Man moment. And then he just keeps bringing back these moments from Spider-Man and stretching out that moment into a series. And just a bunch of, it's just a series of nostalgic Spider-Man moments Except he hasn't left high school yet. So, it's, a, it's a clip show. A cheesy clip show. <laughs> and I guess with X-Men and Ultimates, they kind of tried to go in a different direction. You know, add in some statutory rape on Wolverine's part. And, uh, she was 18. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that she was not. I'm pretty sure they made a point of saying that she was not. It's always legal when you're Wolverine. That's the correct answer. <laughs> and, uh, Dude, we're going to get in trouble for that. Is, <laughs> there is a what he does. Well, what he does is Fantastic Four kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Devon, Devon you have something to say? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, just to kind of get back to the point of the whole thing. Um, you know, just kind of, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I have stopped reading pretty much everything Ultimates just because it just, it feels so damn disjointed now. Um, it went from like this book that was supposed 
kind of the mission statement was supposed to be, or at least it was presented as this. We're going to show you these stories that you read before, but we're going to do them in a 21st century way. Like here are the ultimates, the 21st century version of the Avengers where Captain America it really, it really truly is a man out of time. The Wasp is like, you know, a hyper smart, like, you know, scientist who happens to be married to another hyper smart scientist who's working on some kind of formula that can make super soldiers. Um, the Hulk being a failed uh, super soldier attempt. Um, and it was just, wow, this is like really great. This is good. This is good stuff. But then the momentum was lost with like creators just kind of, you know, uh, just not delivering work on time. And this is just my opinion, but it felt like the certain writers realized that after a little while, they could put six, if they could stretch out this story to six issues, they could suddenly make trade paperbacks <laughs> out of like things that shouldn't have taken any longer than like two or three issues. Like for instance, it's like, did we really need Ultimate Ronin in the Ultimate <laughs> Universe? No. Did okay. we really need Ultimate Venom? Did we really need Ultimate Carnage? No. Did they need to meet Gwen Stacy? Hell no. <laughs> and it was just, it just lost its way. Like, um, honestly, I believe that once they figured out that they could get their 616 universe back on track, the Ultimate Universe became an afterthought. Just my opinion. Except for Fantastic Four. I think well, see, I think Fantastic one... Four has had they were it 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 changed the most as after Avengers right. because everyone's a lot younger, right? You know Actually, now, totally. right? So, <laughs> well, no, they don't uh, seem to know how old they're supposed. Reed to Reed Richards right. is supposed to be twenty-one years old. Yeah, but he was he ended up being vice president in one book. Where he didn't, and he's thirty-five. <laughs> There's some kind of gap. He's a genius. The and the next arc in uh, in Fantastic Four that they never yeah. really define how old they really are. It seems to flip flop a lot. Well, I, my my thing is that this is a point I meant to make earlier. I don't know how you lose editorial cohesion over a grand total of freaking eight titles in seven right. years. One of which is like the wholly superfluous Ultimate Marvel team up, which seems to have ceased <laughs> to be. Another one's a mini series that was done on a bet, for God's sake. Right. <laughs> that's what that's why they used to have Stanley write every single thing. Or yeah, script every single story. Um, I was I was disappointed because. I was hoping that it would be an opportunity for me to start reading some Marvel comics. And I did take a look at them, some of them early on, because they seemed fresh and they seemed different. Um, I was kind of disappointed that they didn't turn out to be all ages, because yeah. I really think that Marvel needs and deserves something like that. Um, because, D because DC does. Uh, Marvel Adventures have started. Um, but they're, you know, they're behind the curve on this. Um, and... I'm really disgusted, disgusted, dis displeased by the whole, oh, everything's an evil plot by the government. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, Marvel, I know you came out like in the 50s or 60s, but can we move on from that now? You know, it's like anybody who lives, we all live in Washington, D.C., and anybody who lives here knows the government can barely tell its butt from a hole in the ground. So they're really not doing a lot of evil conspiracies. They're not very good at that. And to me, uh, what's going on with... Um, Starting the Ultimates line, uh, to me, is indicative of the fact that Marvel can't let go of its continuity. They couldn't do a reboot. Yeah. They had to start a separate thing. And now it, all its continuity is seeping into it, like sewage. Um, <laughs> ultimate cable. Ulti ultimate sewage. Um, oh, whereas, so. whereas DC is addicted to reboots. Yeah. We just had one, and it's like, whoa, counting down to what? 
another, another disaster, reboot. another reboot. <laughs> um, and that's, to me, I think that's because DC is very mythic, and myths do that all the time. They don't have any definite continuity. They get changed, and, and they evolve all the time. There's no target there. But soap opera, or even grand opera, is all about continuity, we... and Marvel can't let that go. I've been shocked, er, thinking recently, because we have our first Ultimates crossover, not within, to use you know your idea of the kind of addicted to myth, like going to a reboot. Do we see, do you guys see a Marvel reboot anytime? Because we have an no. ultimate, we have a Supreme Power Ultimates crossover, yeah. which is it's something two else. different universes meeting each other. And they, taste great they, together. Away from 616. Right, but, you know, <laughs> if they can cross over, you know, why I mean, can't, I mean, because what did they say? What is uh, Ultimates Universe, Earth 6163 or something? Right. Well, this is the thing. No, the thing about that whole thing is, is like Marvel tends to hold on to like, like the ratty sort of like couch in their living room, like it's a family heirloom. Yeah, it's just like no, it's just a story. Let's just move on. And again, I don't want to like bash or whatever, but that's what I love about DC Comics. It's like don't get too upset about what's going on right now because you're going to throw it out ten years yeah, from now. Right. Whereas with Marvel, it's like no. Gwen Stacy had to be on that bridge. Yes, her head, her head had to snap that way. Yeah. Spider-Man should not feel guilty. And they're going to keep going on with this thing. Whereas Superman, he opens up boxes of kryptonite and kills Phantom's own villains and moves on every damn day. We forgot about Jason's severed head. Exactly. And we forgot know. about that big like box of kryptonite in Gotham City. Let's and, just move on. And when you see Caraxes, you can just sort of roll your eyes and say, ah, I'll wait for Killer Moth to come back. <laughs> and, and there he is. Somehow. Right. And he's, they don't know. It doesn't matter how. Yeah. He's, he's a legacy builder. He's supposed to be back. Yeah, he just walks on panel like, hey, I'm Kill him off. Where's Barbara Gordon? <laughs> he's a legacy builder. Some dude's a legacy builder. Some guy dressed up as the killer mom. I know, well, in I Marvel, good money for I, this. A, a guy dressed up as Porcupine, for God's sake. Why would you and take him for that? Died on his own quill. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> died on his own quill, yeah. Like but, Marvel can, like, Mar I think Marvel's whole, like... Let's try to keep it to the ultimate, though. <laughs> well, and when you were saying that, if... It becomes a reboot. Marvel just rehashes their origin stories so that it's updated, whereas opposed to, well, well, Spider Man gets bitten at a science expo, except now like Harry Osborn's listening to an iPod. It's just, <laughs> it's all they have to do is just step up the timelines. That's, that's not completely true. I mean, well, it is a little more timely. It's not a radioactive spider, which we feared in like the 50s and 60s. It's a genetically enhanced well, spider. Just updating the origins doesn't do a lot of good if immediately, then you don't update the stories. You tell the same ones all over again. Well, and DC, DC doesn't tell the same stories after reboot. It tells stories that refer to other stories, but it's always a little bit of a mix-up. So everything seems familiar, but you still don't quite know what's going to happen. Well, both universes are pretty good about moving things up. Because, like, Batman is now walking out of a reissue of, like, Mask of Zorro right. instead yeah. of the original There's release. Yeah, uh, And, like, the Fantastic Four have moved on from having two members that were World War II vets to, I think, they're in Nam now. <laughs> Tony Stark went from his origin being in Vietnam to being in Afghanistan, which I'm sure will get bumped up to Iraq. Huh? Flash Thompson with the name. Thompson didn't back go to... I wonder where he got drafted for now. <laughs> but yeah, they, Marvel's always moved up their origins because otherwise Spider-Man's been in college for the better part of like 25 years. But I mean, so's Namorita, but... <laughs> she's dead, so who cares? Namor's <laughs> alive. 
It evens out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah weirdly enough. Ben, what's your take? On the Ultimate Universe? Yeah. What conspiracy is going on? Uh, <laughs> that's some sad stuff right here. Um, I'll admit, the only thing I ever read was was Ultimates. I mean, I really liked Ultimates. I'm sorry it took, like, you know, three and a half years, five years to do, like... Uh, let's try six, seven. Six or like, seven. You know, seven, to get, yeah. like, 26 issues out. Um, I thought the first three or four trades of Ultimate Spider-Man were really good. Um, then when there was that one issue of just, like, him and the Flash, and or not the Flash, uh, the Human Torch, and, like, some mutant who blew up cars, like, <laughs> picking up girls together or whatever. Oh, yeah. I was done with that. Uh, and then there was Ultimate Moon Knight, who oh, sucked yeah. just as much as regular Moon Knight. Regular Moon Knight kicks ass. <laughs> now he does. But, um... I mean, I think it has kind of lost its way in the in its idea to, um, in its goal to uh, reintroduce new stories. So what are they going to yeah. do? What do I think they're going to do? They're More of the back, same. They're going to bring back Ultimate Diablo. That's what they're going to do. Oh, man. Ultimate Although you got to, you know, I mean. Ultimate Ringmaster in the Circus of Crime. Dude, it's going to be Ultimate Secret Wars. Everyone's going to get something new. Ultimate Beyonder. What what would Ultimate Beyonder be dressed as that would be super tacky now? Vanilla Ice. He'd be dressed as Vanilla Ice. That's what he'd do. Can we have an update of Stiltman's origin? I would love that. Stiltman has an origin? (laughs) (laughs) My costume is bitches. All right. To wrap up. His mother fall off a ladder. To her doom. Uh, it will never happen to me. It's a very tall ladder. All right. To, to wrap up, just last things. Uh, Ultimate Universe, hopes, not hopes. Do we think we're going to keep reading? You know, when do, when do those comics come out anymore, actually? It's like there's like one week in a month where every Ultimate title comes out, and then you don't see it for another five. Right. So what do we think? Um, I just don't, I can't see it getting any better because the, the pretty much the pool of what... The bulk of America knows is not out there anymore. I mean, we're going to get to the point where we're going to start asking ourselves, do we need ultimate power pack? You know, it's just not it's, it's not necessary. You know, it's like we got Spider-Man, we got Fantastic Four, we got X-Men, and we got Avengers. Where do you go from here? I mean, I'm not going to say it's a dead line or anything, but it's just, it, I, I think it's gone as far as it can go right now. Prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think God. I think countdowns counting down to the next issue of Ultimate Wolverine versus Ultimate Hulk. <laughs> it's a running gag. No, I I think the problem with Ultimate the Ultimate line is that people expect it to be like an essentialized version of characters where a lot of them don't need an essential version to begin with. Spider Man gets knocked back to his status quo like once every three months. You know, like he'll be back to having a secret identity. And plowing Mary Jane in no time. You know, like, right. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Washing his laundry. It seems to me that the main thing it accomplished was a, was a sense of comparatively sensible modernization <clears throat> of some origins. And what I would hope for, but don't expect to see, is just to have those origins retconned into the regular line. And then Ultimates can produce its ultimate issues. It's going to go the way of... 2099. It's just <laughs> all of a sudden people are gonna realize that the things they like about Marvel, the silliness that kind of is taken a little wee bit seriously in the regular Marvel universe, it won't show up in Ultimates and any Ultimate line. You won't see She-Hulk. 
you won't see slapstick. I mean, you gotta give the good with the bad, but it won't be there, so they're just gonna mm. like let it die off. You know, I'll keep reading. You know, I'll pick yeah. up things. You know, I can f- flip through it. You know, I'm now firmly committed to having a whole run of Ultimate X Men. So. You know, Fantastic Four's <laughs> art is pretty. I'll keep reading on that. So gigantic silver surfer. <laughs> <laughs> and now, a fan created commercial. Do you have car insurance? Of course you do. What about life insurance? Fire? Flood? What about meta insurance? You want to be protected should the unforeseen happen, but in these modern times, the unforeseen happens every day and doesn't always take the form of house fires or sudden floods. Monster attacks, mind control, alien invasions, How would you recover should you or your loved ones fall victim to one of these new threats? Queen Industries has got you covered. For a modest monthly fee, you can have the security of knowing that, no matter what supernatural event occurs, you will be able to get your life back together. Meta Insurance, offered by your friends at Queen Industries. Pay like a pauper, live like a queen. Thank you to uh, Derek Lancaster for sending that in. Uh, if you guys have a dramatic reading or uh, a commercial that you want to make that you want to send in to us, please go ahead send it to Ben at BigMonkeyComics.com. For our third and final topic, we're going to be discussing um, kind of how comics have left the all-ages category. Um, as someone who works in a comic book store, it's kind of a shame when a kid comes up to the general reading uh, rack, not the vertigo rack, not you know, mature audiences, boys or whatever, and you have to tell them, you know what, that Spider-Man's comic is not good for you. That Moon Knight's not okay because someone's <laughs> face gets skinned off. Um, you know, and as a result, you know, they had to go out, the, com- the big two had to go out and create a young, all-ages comic book line. Um, and is this a good thing or a bad thing? I think we're going to start with Skip. I think it's great. Um, I think it's great that... Yes, it is. I'm clear on this. Um, That comic... Wait, you're clear that comics aren't good or because they're not all ages anymore? That's a good uh, point? No, I think it's good that there are are all ages lines. Frankly, I love the animated uh, series comic books. They're some of the best comic books that DC puts out. Um, uh, Not just because they're all ages, but they don't rely on heavy interior narration. They do done-in-ones. Um... They give you uh, essential versions of the characters, um, and they interact really well, and they do a good job of showing the variety of the DC universe. I I think that's great. I think um, Marvel deserves something like that, too. And and I would like to see DC expand that line. Um, but, But I do question the modern definition of all ages. The first comic book I bought was the Joker's Five-Way Revenge, which I think is Batman 250. One. Somebody will correct me if I'm wrong. Um, How will we know? <laughs> that was before John was born. Um, uh, where the Joker uh, kills four or five people. And it, not off panel. You see him there. You know, dead, shriveled faces lying up at you. Um, and in the Golden Age, people were falling like flies. You d- I mean, Robin <laughs> tripped over a corpse in every story. Look out, Robin, you're tripping over a corpse. 
Um, kids are not as delicate as we think. They need to see the witch pushed into the oven. Uh, they don't have a problem with uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, sexual stuff is a different different matter. It's and a language, I, though. Yeah, I, I don't mind seeing the, the rolling head of Panther. I kind of like that. That's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... But the sexual stuff would need to be sorted out. And unfortunately, a lot of people equate that with quality and realism because adults are sexual. If you do not address anything sexual, then you're, you're missing out. You know, Dr. Light's not threatening unless he's a rapist. Mm. Um, um, as, well, just coming from like someone who actually sells comics from, for a living, um, a story, uh, when Kurt Busiek took over Superman, uh, I was really excited about it. I, was, I thought he was going to do a Superman that, you know, would be all ages, and he did. And he, he really did. It was just a great story. But then you get two pages in, and Carlos Pacheco greets you with, like, the way that you meet Lois Lane, and she's bent over, ass cheek, with, like, a thong and stuff. And it's just like, wow, well, there goes Sean, my six-year-old nephew, this comic. And that's kind of the problem now. It's like... When kids walk in, you instantly have to start kind of... You go into warning mode. You go into warning mode. You have to almost censor, which I actually hate doing. But it's just like, there's a lot of stuff going on in comics nowadays that you don't necessarily want them to see. But also, on the other hand, when I was a teenager, I was reading comics where Deathstroke was shacking up with teenage girls left and right, and it didn't affect me one way or the other. I saw Robocop at nine. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so yeah, it's like it's you know the cliche of the Catch Twenty Two is definitely in play here. It's like you know we're you know comics as a whole are some of the best that they've ever been, but unfortunately. You can't hand a kid Superman when Arian is chilling in the bed with like two like naked women in the in that issue. But you know Superman's fighting Neutron also, which is what you want in the comic, not necessarily the Arian butt naked in the bed part. <laughs> Arian is a sorcerer, not an Arian as in you know neo Nazi. <laughs> this is he's a Lantean, so just to clear that up. Okay. Is that like a Latino? You put the emphasis in the weirdest syllable there. Um, what I wanted to say on this was that I'm glad that Marvel and DC no, uh, no longer really equate all ages books with terrible writing. Like right. they, it used to be that the kids' books were just the absolute dregs. They'd be tie-ins with like, uh, like the the Iron Man action hour or whatever it was <laughs> right. called and it was just an absolute nightmare of just mediocrity for serious yeah you know and that's another thing that i love about dc's like all ages stuff it's kind of become like a farming system for actual dc talent yeah. that's where Beechen. adam beechen came from like the triple a right yeah it's like the, right and mark Millar <laughs> came from yeah. like well he was doing swamp thing before Dude, but, yeah. you know the marvel ages uh, avengers where uh where Ego, the planet, oh, tries to put the man. moves on uh, Earth. That's just sweet stuff. Man. That's the sexual content. I want to that's, you know, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And Dude, that's calling the mean. moon a shorty? Come yeah. on. <laughs> that's you, know, you know, but just kind of to get back to the point, it's like I'd love to be able to hand almost anything to a six-year-old or a 60-year-old um, without having to worry about, like, you know, whose ass is going to be in it. And 
That's all I'm saying. I mean, look at so, the all-star so, Do we agree that it's mostly about sex and, sex and not about violence? And language. I would say, like, yeah. violence, yeah, I mean, there are, me. there is some, some violence. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, you know, 26 years old, I don't have a problem with it. I might have a problem showing my, you know, nine-year-old nephew the 52 ending where Osiris gets bitten half by the Oh, wait, area. wait, wait, wait. You know what came? Oh, now you're asking for it. You know what came out that same yes, week? Yes. Well, now everybody's gonna know. The second issue of Jeff Smith's Monster Society of Evil. And what happens in that cute book that everybody recommends that they love to give to kids? Gets that this eaten. is. No, the great Carlini gets eaten. The guy gets eaten by an alligator man, and you see his foot going down the alligator's throat. Right, yeah. One is supposed to be horrible, and one is supposed but to be but cute. Presented as in a Looney Tunes yeah, it's, it's, it's the like difference concepts. between like Wiley e. Coyote taking an anvil to the head and Panther getting her head punched off. Right, like right, there's, there's a, when when Osiris got bitten in half, he was spraying more blood than a human <laughs> body could physically have. It's in like, it. like Peter, <laughs> there's a very yeah. there's a very big difference between. DC Universe and Jonah Hex. DC Universe Jonah Hex and JLU Jonah Hex. Mm. You know, the JLU Jonah Hex. Shotguns out of everyone's hands. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's like, as Jonah. a retailer, I have, I would have a problem handing a child a Jonah Hex comic because we know what Jonah Hex does. <laughs> but also, at the same time, we know what Superman does. And when they pick up that comic, again, we're going back to ass. But... <laughs> When there's ass in the comic, you don't necessarily want to get it's it's not you don't want to give that child a Superman comic and I think that's a shame and I don't want anyone to censor, but you know, there's a big difference between what Superman does and what Jonah Hex does. That's just my point. I mean, I'm just saying that when my kids get a certain age, seven, eight I'm going to hand them Jonah Hex's series as morality tales. Don't do this because someone may do this to you. I mean, be nice to people. Or or get ready to bite off a buzzer tail. Do what you can to survive, but don't screw over everyone else. Jonah Hex Law. Exactly. You know what I as kids because we drop them in the desert and see what happens. You screw up a freaky looking ex-Confederate's going to come shoot you. Yeah. Hideously scarred. <laughs> ben? Um, I, I, I think it's... I, I agree. I think it's a shame that this is the way things are. Um, that you can't, can't tell... Well, you know, people say that you can't tell a good story without heads rolling and swearing. I was reading Side Scrollers from uh, Oni, which is a great original graphic novel. Really funny, really great. On the back it says, like, 13+. plus. And they drop the f bomb in that comic like five or six times. You can you can't even drop it once and get a PG. You can drop it once, once. and get a PG thirteen rating. Why can you drop it like five times in a comic book and walk away with a thirteen plus that says something different? And then it requires us to have to say these things to like maybe that's not the best for you. And you know, where's the comic code authority when we need? That's to right. And I'm not no. for cutting things down. I'm, and for saying, you know, don't put this in because it could offend people and all that stuff, but it's killing, you know, readership. It, it's, you're not getting those early readers anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have Johnny DC. That's why you have Marvel Ages, because you need to be that line. I mean, the best things to show kids is, are Silver and Golden Age comics. Yes, that's yes. how you gain 
that those those kids recognize those characters. And then when you hit thirteen, you're like, here, kid, watch Jonah Hex like carve <laughs> off an alligator's eye and feed it to some like you know inbred <laughs> hillbilly or something. <laughs> I love that story. Oh, that was so, <laughs> last minute thoughts, you know, uh, start with uh, Brooks this time. It's kind of like, just got to know the writer and I guess the artist as well, what Devon's saying. And you could recommend something. Like, I recommend Detective Comics because it was, even though there's death going on, it's not really that graphic. And you could just kind of hand out all of them. you like, you know, you can take this. I mean, you took Bambi's mother, whatever, getting shot. <laughs> and this, you just gotta know when to let go and know when to hold back, whatever. Publishers, take the ass and the sex out of our comics. We'll put it back in our bedroom. Just in the ass. Take, leave, but leave the violence in. That's my Aunt Lynn, the swearing out. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got the giggles now. <laughs> uh, I like that they're making more than a token effort uh, towards all ages books. I like that they, they seem to realize, the, the big two, that there is sort of a problem marketing their mainstream stuff to children. I like that they're giving an option for a straight up children's line. I don't like that they need to, but they need to. So like they're at the point where it's either they have to totally modify their editorial standards, which they're not going to do because clearly the editors are kind of like looking the other way on everything anyway. So. Uh, they're better off just trying to come up with something that kids can read than trying to cater to kids in stuff that hasn't been catering to kids in recent memory, I think. Um, I'm going to say probably what most people are probably thinking right now, but kids don't read comics. <laughs> well, give us comic books that we can hand the kids, other than just like the... Because whenever I walk into a comic book store, the JLU Marvel Adventure stuff tends to be ghettoized in some like small area. Give us comics that we can rack alongside, you know, a Superman comic we can rack alongside JLU. JLU, that's all I ask. I couldn't put it better myself. And now for our uh, last dramatic reading, and, uh, and then a word from our sponsor. Richards is adult. His reckless adventuring and constant interference in mine and many other countries' internal affairs to destabilize the political balance of the entire world. We see the effects of his actions currently. He has built and maintained secret prisons, contributed to the dissolution of your country's habeas corpus, and seeks now to export his evil to the rest of the world. The day will come when that world will beg me to contain Richard's evil for them. Perhaps I will answer that call. Until that day, ask yourself why Richard has failed to cure the pathetic condition of his best friend, Ben Grimm. This interview is over! Doom has spoken. That was Dr. Doom from Fantastic Four number 543. Big Monkey Comics has two fantastic stores. One located in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and the other in Washington, D.C., which is where this podcast is recorded. If you're interested in any of the comics mentioned this week, simply swing on by and pick them up. Yet Big Monkey Comics is so much more than a simple store. Stop by our D.C. location this Saturday, June 9th for HeroClix at 2 p.m. Enjoy the highly competitive comic-based miniatures strategy game. Also, this upcoming Wednesday, June 13th, is the Women's Comic Discussion Group at 7 p.m. That's 1722B, 14th Street, Northwest. And as a special event, Big Monkey's Comics is pleased to welcome Mike Carey. 
the writer of X-Men, Lucifer, Ultimate Fantastic Four, and his new novel, The Devil You Know, will be at our DC location from 4.30 to 5.30 on July 12th. Also, if you can't make it to our physical location, you can check out Big Monkey Comics online at www.bigmonkeycomics.com for reviews, articles, and Big Monkey Radio. And now it's time for the lightning round, where questions from listeners like you are asked of our panel. We're going to go ahead and start with Devon. This question is from O Friendly, and it reads, What character would you write for a handful of Skittles? Um, there are many, but uh, I think this, this is going to bring me in direct opposition with Skip, but uh, I would write Halo in a heartbeat. Uh. No, I told them about this idea for Halo that so I actually much. have. No, it's not. I did not steal anything <laughs> from you. Actually, I jacked it from <laughs> No, but I have an idea for Halo that I, I, I just think she's just, she would be fabulous in, in, in language the Skip would understand. <laughs> Rainbow, Halo. Something is going on. Something is going on. Uh, John? A character I'd write for Skittles? Uh, I'm going to say Spider-Man. Always been the character closest to the tone of conversation I have in my own head all the time anyway. It's just a long series of like me whining and then making a smart ass remark until I feel better. So. And then calling me Bunky. Yeah. <laughs> and teaming up with Thor for no reason. Yeah, that's my afternoon. It's uh, Spider-Man. Skip. Aquaman. You would kick underwater ass monthly. John. <laughs> all right, Tempest. So he can do it better. <laughs> and I'd, you know, I'd write a Kilowog miniseries. I just need four issues. That big guy flying through space, calling people a poozer. <laughs> It'd be the best. You know, he doesn't get enough respect. Dude, I thought you said Kilowatt. Like, no. Q-less daredevil villain. I was like, Jesus, he's a genius. <laughs> I'm bringing it back, Rainbow Raider style. <laughs> All right. This question comes from Chick Ha, and the question is, what character needs to get more exposure? And we're going to start with uh, John. Uh, the Beetle. I love the Beetle. I always oh, have. I love the... Spider-Man's D-list villains, <laughs> all the terrible villains he fights, like the Sinister Syndicate, all that stuff. The Beetle is the hardest luck, hard luck case that Spider-Man fights. I always thought that was enjoyable. Skip. The Penguin. Original gang lord of Batman comics. He needs to come back at, as something other than a guy people beat up to show that they're angry. Other John? Uh, I am to Sorry, other dude. Other I mean, I'm right. John of Earth 2. Okay. <laughs> Brooks? That's um, Earth 3. I'm Golden oh, Age. Right. I kill a lot more people. I don't know. Maybe a huntress. Huntress needs more exposure. Huntress needs to be in the back cave. The huntress that the, the huntress in birds prey every month needs more exposure. She needs in the be in the back cave. She needs to be a Batman character. No, no. <laughs> you can't say no to once him. again. He's wrong. No, no, no. Wrong. Uh, Devon, we beat you with words. Anyway, no, I'm I'm just playing. <laughs> I would bring back. <laughs> I would bring back Prez. I think the DC Universe could use Prez right about now. Take him from the Vertigo Universe, which you've already done with Jonah Hex and Sergeant Rock. Place him in, like, office. Everything would be good. You know? 
you know, that's how everything gets solved in my universe. A little more praise. <laughs> my uh, underused uh, characters who need limelight was answered this week. You know, I love Night Thrasher. Nothing like, you know, <laughs> a dude in some body armor on a rocket-powered skateboard. Or rocket powered. It's not rocket It's totally not rocket racing. Racing. That's another black guy. Damn. Or Sleepwalker. Yeah. That's who yeah. really needs to come back. And she's coming back in Mary Marvel, man. Or he's coming back in Mary Marvel. Sleep or Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. Marvel. It's like, it's a, no, it's a Walker Sleepwalker and somebody else. I Machine love Sleepwalker. Man. Right, Sleepwalker and Machine Man in a Miss Marvel comic. Appealing to two people. I know. And I'm one of them. DC, or Marvel's got my money for that. Is the next wave Machine Man? Yeah, so. Um, and then for our final uh, question, it comes from HeroTom376. If you had a logo on the back of your chair, what would it be? And we're going to start with John Kerry. <laughs> right now, it'd be a picture of me looking really confused. Because there's a question I ain't never given thought to. Okay. Batman's logo. So people would see me in the chair and go like, damn, he's in Batman's chair. That kid must be a badass. Yvonne? <laughs> uh, it would probably be me, like... Uh... Holding like a black manta helmet under my like arm or something, and like pushing you in the face, Ben. Picture of a boot to someone's ass, or the Hulk in the earth. <laughs> Skip. A yappy little dog. <laughs> It might be one of those uh, kittens hanging from a wire with the words hanging there above there. And that's it for this lightning round. Alright, and now it's time for uh, the panel's recommendations, where we talk about what comics have come out since our last podcast, the people who should, or will be coming out very shortly, that people should be picking up and, uh, you know, enjoying. So we're going to start with Devon. Um, I think people should be reading Local. Local is one of my new favorites. It's about a young girl and her life. Um, there's going to be 12 issues. It's going to be up to, uh, right now it's at issue 9. And each issue is one year in her life. And every year you find her in a new different place and in a new state of mind. And it's just really good. It's by Brian Wood and Ryan Kelly. Really well written, really well drawn. And put out by Oni. And put out by Oni. Okay. Um, I'm going to recommend The Initiative, or Avengers The Initiative, whatever the actual title of the book is. <laughs> Third issue came out uh, yesterday, oh, no, this past week. And uh, I think it's more a preview of what Dan Slott would be like writing Amazing Spider-Man, which I think is a gig he's about to get anyway. It reads really well. It's, it's very entertaining, nice fight scene. The shockers in it, they don't make fun of his name. And anyone who shows that kind of restraint, okay in my book. So. Skip? Jonah Hex. I recommend Jonah Hex um, because I don't really like cowboy stuff, but I love Jonah Hex, and without fail, every month he makes me laugh, he makes me cry, and he makes me throw up in my mouth a little. Read Jonah Hex. I'm being forced to recommend Birds of Prey. <laughs> I like it and everything, but I just couldn't think of anything. So Birds of Prey, they're fight scenes, casual murder, resurrections, and it's all good. And, uh, and Coco. Fiery World War II lady who Beats on women, so that's cool. <laughs> Damn, sounds like my grandma. <laughs> um, and I'm going to recommend this uh, past uh, Wednesday's uh, Green Lantern, or two Wednesdays ago. Um, Jeff Johns is completely redoing 
the mythos behind the Green Lantern. It is excellent. Um, Akuna's artwork has been knocking it out of the park. And if you guys missed that splash page um, with the Zamorans, you know, walking into that chamber, yeah. you, you know, you've you missed something really big in kind of the Green Lantern universe. So absolutely, um, that'd be my pickup for this week. Um, that's it for uh, recommendations. That's it for this week. A special thanks goes out to Brian Pascal for all his sound help, getting us set up on iTunes, and just being a really nice guy. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for the panel, go ahead and email them to ben at bigmonkeycomics.com. Thank you and have a good evening. <laughs>